all my classmates passed the bar exam from the first time and we were so happy that we were part of the your like community i don't know how to explain like we were part of st john's yes Welcome to the U.S. Law Essentials Law and Language Podcast, the legal English podcast for non-native English speakers to help you improve your English listening, improve your legal English vocabulary, and build your knowledge of American legal culture. Hi, this is Daniel, and before we begin today's episode, I want to remind you that U.S. Law Essentials offers online courses in legal English and U.S. law. Our courses are designed for international attorneys, law students, and translators. If you have any questions, please contact Daniel at daniel at uslawessentials.com and join us on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And now, today's episode. Welcome to the U.S. Law Essentials Law and Language Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Horowitz. Uh, And today we continue our series of interviews with multilingual lawyers. Uh, with Ukrainian-American lawyer, Vitalia Yurchek. Uh, but before we start, first a shout out to all of our listeners from St. John's Law School in Queens, New York. Vitalia is a St. John's LLM alum, and I know a lot of our regular listeners are also former and current St. John's LLM students where I used to teach. So thanks to all of you for listening. I hope you're enjoying the episodes. If you are, please feel free to share any thoughts or comments about the show by sending an email to daniel at uslawessentials.com, and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode and maybe share your comments too. I first met Vitalia when she was a student of mine in the LLM program at St. John's Law School, where I was the director of legal English programs. She is originally from Ukraine and moved to New York City in 2014 and currently lives and, and works in Staten Island, uh, where she has her own law practice the law offices of Vitalia Yerchak, PC, which helps clients with immigration, family law, estate planning, speeding tickets, and, and various other things. Um, and we have a, in the show notes, there's a, a link to her uh, law firm's website. Um, Vitalia was born and grew up in Ukraine, where she graduated from Vassal Stefanik Precarpathian National University School of Law and was licensed to practice law in Ukraine. She also received her Master's of Arts degree with honors in French language and literature and was a postgraduate student in the Department of International Relations in Basel Stefanik Precarpathian National University, where she worked as an adjunct professor for three years and has published 15 articles addressing political problems of international systems and global development and earned her PhD degree in political science in Ukraine. As an LLM student at St. John's, Vitalia graduated with the highest GPA in her program. Uh, And since graduating, Vitalia has performed pro bono work on various matters for for the uncontested divorce clinic in Queens County Supreme Court, the volunteer lawyer for the day uh, program in Queens Civil Court, and for CUNY Citizenship Now. Um, And since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, Vitalia has also been heavily involved in volunteering with the Ukraine Immigration Task Force, which, is, uh, which has legal resources and guidance for immigration attorneys and Ukrainians fleeing war. Um, welcome, Vitalia. So nice to have you here. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be your guest today, and it's good to see you again, Professor. Yeah, you too. And and today is Ukrainian Independence Day, right? Yes, yes, it's our national holiday, and all you all Ukrainians celebrate today, and of course, my family will celebrate today. Unfortunately, there is a war in Ukraine, but we have. Um, the inspirations that we will win soon so that's why um we will celebrate today and what is what are celebrations like or traditionally what are celebrations of independence day like what do you do on independence day uh just our family will be together we'll have a dinner and uh, also we will sing ukrainian um song and also ukrainian national item um and um, just uh, we will also watching TV. I hope everything will be okay uh, in Ukraine today because it was a lot of not very good news regarding this day. But I hope everything. I just pray that everything will be okay. Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, and it must be a, a different kind of Independence Day this year and have a lot of special meaning. Um, and and how are you doing? I mean, I'm at the, the war in Ukraine has had a big impact on your life, even though you're you're here in the U.S., right? Yes, uh, I think for all Ukrainians, it's very um, it's very hard time now. It's and it's more than six months, and um, of course for me it's the same. Um, but we we are trying to volunteer a lot to help Ukrainian people. And as you know, a lot of Ukrainian people came to the United States right now because um, uh, USA helps Ukrainian people. And also uh, every day I have just like more than 20 30, uh, phone calls from Ukrainians uh, and I would like to help them. And um, also um, there is a special like Ukrainian immigration task um that we a lot of ukrainian attorneys um united together and uh, provide legal services for ukrainian for free uh so you're part of that group of, of ukrainian, yes is it ukrainian american lawyers or ukrainian american and ukrainian lawyers? uh it's usually ukrainian like it's usually american lawyer who has ukrainian origin or or american lawyers who help, who would like to help um and and before I ask you more about that, do you, you have family still back in Ukraine? Yes, yes, unfortunately. Yes, my grandparents, my relatives, my friends, classmates are there. And um, my cousins are in the army right now. And every day we just pray for for their life because it's... And one of my cousins was injured a few months ago. So it's very hard for our, for our family. But thank God, everything is okay now wow but that must be hard to be over here in the u.s while all that's happening there and you can i mean in, in one sense we're very connected because because of communications and the internet and everything like that but but it must also be hard to be so removed from yes because my grandparents every day they ask me um 
when I will be back, like, because every summer I was in Ukraine a few weeks to visit them. And this year is different because, as you know, I'm a little bit scared about my kids to, to fly to Ukraine right now. And so, unfortunately, this summer is different. And, and you grew up in, in Western Ukraine? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in the uh, Ivano-Frankivsk region. Uh, it's near Carpathian Mountains. Um, it's near Poland, west part of Ukraine, yes. And I know that's, that's a little further away from where, where most of the fighting is on one hand, but there's also the, the, the air raids are going on everywhere, right? Yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, it's far, but <laughs> believe me, on the first day of the war, on February 24th, it was uh, Ivano Frankis, my city was bombing, uh, and uh, one of the bombs was near my apartment, so. <laughs> it, was your, it was your apartment? Your yeah, it was near my apartment, because my apartment in Ivano Frankis is near airport, and airport was bombing on the first day of Ukraine, uh, of the war wow. in Ukraine. Wow. Yeah, so so it was scary. At home. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me ask you. Well, well first, the, what languages do you speak? I know you speak Ukrainian, and I know you speak English. Yes, my native language is Ukrainian, of course, but also I'm fluent in English, Russian, and French. And you mentioned that your grandmother uh, was originally from Poland, so you can understand Polish as well. Yeah, I understand Polish, of course, but uh, it's not so easy to speak. <laughs> Okay. And, and in, in what ways is, is this language background helpful to you now in all the work that you're doing? Yeah, it's very, yeah, believe me, it's very helpful to be a multilingual attorney in uh, New York, especially because New York is a city where it's a lot of people from different countries. And especially we have a lot of people from Ukraine or from uh, Soviet Union country, post-Soviet Union countries. So that's why um, people who don't speak English, they're looking for attorney who can, uh, with, who can help and um, who can explain everything in their native language. And, and um, can you say more about the kind of work you're doing? Like you mentioned, you get a lot of calls during the day, people needing help. Um, what, what kind of calls are you getting and who's calling? Yeah, so um, now um, there's a special like program for Ukrainian people, United for Ukraine, and a lot of people just receiving parole, special like um, status in the United States. And we know that more than 100,000 Ukrainians uh, came um, when the war started, came to the United States, to the United States when the war started. So. Um, we help them to receive a work authorization here. We help them with some benefits from, um, we help with how to register to school sometimes because they ask us everything like because they are new in this country and uh, they don't know what to do. And uh, we just provide some legal advice, of course, but also some like advice how to stay in this country with kids, especially for, um, for women, because men are not supposed to be there. Like, um, they cannot leave the country if from 18 years old until 60. No. Right, they have to serve in the, they have to serve yes, in the army yes, right now. Yes, correct. And, and of those people calling you, are they 
generally in the New York area or could they be anywhere in the United States? No, they can be anywhere because immigration law is federal law. So I have a lot of clients even from Chicago, from Illinois, from California, from Florida, especially and from New York, of course, from New Jersey, Connecticut. Are there are there certain parts of the country where there are where there are particularly large Ukrainian American uh, communities already? Obviously, New York. Yes, New York, we have Ukrainian village here, we can, like, uh, even in Staten Island, we have a lot of Ukrainian people, uh, we have Ukrainian church and Ukrainian community, and that's why I like to help people who are near my house, like, <laughs> and, um, but usually, like, people uh, go to a big city because um, they know that in a small city it's very hard to, to live if they don't speak English. Did you practice law in Ukraine as well? Um, no, I was uh, like a junk professor in the university after I graduated my master's degree. And also I was a PhD student in Ukraine. Um, so after the uh, after my graduation, uh, I work in, in the university. Like in and then when you came to the U.S., how did you decide that you wanted to go to law school in the U.S.? Oh, <laughs> it was a big decision because um, my English was not so good uh, at the time. So I went to uh, ESL classes for one month and I met uh, one uh, student there and she explained me regarding LLM program. And I said, oh, it's just for me. <laughs> And then I learned a lot regarding this LLM program, especially regarding St. John's um, in St. John's University, because then she was uh, also a student um, in at St. John's. So, and it was I think it was the best decision in my life that I <laughs> I went to this program, I graduated, and I became a lawyer here. Yeah, you, you did very well on the program. I mean, you were always a, a very strong student, I remember. Uh, mm -hmm. What class or classes were the, were the most helpful for you? In now, now looking back, now that you're a practicing lawyer, which classes or class was particularly helpful? Uh, yes, I remember. It was five years ago, <laughs> but I remember everything. Um, so I think very, um, very helpful. Um, so applied legal analysis with Professor Rucher, uh, Rucher yeah. yes, and also uh, legal writing is very important. Um, and all, I think the most important for LLM students is um, this department where you were working at the time because it's because they help with everything. <laughs> With classes, with translation, just like encouraging and uh, um, all students that uh, they can do it. And I think um, from my uh, almost all my classmates passed the bar exam from the first time, and we were so happy that we were a part of the your like community. I don't have to explain. Like yes, we were a part of St. John's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we we were all really excited when you guys passed the part too. Yeah, from the first try, yeah, it was it was not so easy, but it was like manageable with your help. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what um and then so after you finished law school, what uh what did you do after law school? What's what's your career path been to to where you are now? Yeah, when um 
at the time I was waiting for my license because I uh, after I passed the bar exam, I supposed to pass the New York exam and ethics and uh, uh, did my pro bono work uh, more than 50 hours. So that's why I, I was I did step by step like but um, then I find a job in Staten Island um, as a um, like paralegal because I was waiting for my uh, license. And then I was an associate in that law office. Uh, we handled all in matrimonial cases, family law cases. So I was like a divorce attorney at the time. But they were very helpful um, and it was very helpful for me. Uh, it was a small law office, uh, just uh, one attorney, one paralegal and one um, like legal secretary. Uh, and they helped me a lot because they teach me a lot. Um, and so I worked there like two years, I believe. And then I was pregnant with my another daughter. And um, after my maternity leave, I started a new job um, in two law offices. <laughs> it was like two part-time job. Oh, wow. Um, yes. So one of them was like a traffic attorney in Staten Island. I represent all um, clients from one big law, law office from Manhattan in Staten Island, uh, Traffic Violation Bureau. And another one, I was an attorney, um, like part-time attorney um, regarding um, estate planning and also matrimonial um, law. So, so with the traffic violations, there was a big, there was a bigger firm. And when their clients would have traffic violation, they would send their clients to the firm you were working at? No, it's like, um, it's big law office. We have clients, but just I represent, because we have a lawyer in each court, because it's very helpful when you work only in one court, you know, judges, you know, police officers, you know, like what to expect. <laughs> so that's why they have a lawyer uh, in each court. So I represent state and and what what advice would you have for people who are dealing with a traffic violation? Just don't speed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just like it's funny. Yeah, but should we know about the the you know how the how the judges and the police deal with it? Any 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 tips? Any insider tips? Um. So it's very important to know the court, like the court system, and also know all the rules because every court is different. So that's why it's very important to um, to have a lawyer who know uh, who knows this court, like who knows what to do, who knows uh, what to expect from this officer or not, or to know just maybe police officer will not be there, will be absent, so we can win the case. <laughs> so. so yeah, I, I, uh, I had a, a ticket years ago in my, I think I was still a teenager. I didn't stop fully at a stop sign and, mm -hmm. and I got a ticket. And um, so I tried to fight it in court. I went by myself, though. I didn't have a lawyer to help me. <laughs> this is before I'd gone to law school. So I, uh, I tried to make an argument that, oh, and, and somebody had said, you know, try challenging it. Sometimes if the police officer doesn't show up. So I did, but the police officer showed up. It's usually the case. I took pictures because the stop sign was kind of obscured. It was hard Obscure. to see. So I showed that to the judge. He reduced my fine, but then there was a court fee. So it came out the same. 
So mm-hmm. I think he was just he was he was acknowledging that I was honest about things, but then I still had to pay the same amount of fine. <laughs> but it was a good experience. But I, yes, but some, for traffic violations, usually people um, would like to fight because of the point because of the points. Ah, uh, yeah. Because every violation has points, so fine is okay to pay for them, but just like. If they will have 11 points, their license will be suspended. And for a lot of taxi driver or like truck drivers or just even regular people who use car every day, so they cannot have their license to be suspended. Right, right. That's a big deal. Yeah, that, that's their livelihood. And, and so are, are those clients, are your clients often um, Ukrainian or Russian speaking? Yes, I, I believe like eighty percent of all my clients are Ukrainian. Ah, so the Ukrainians, multilingual yeah. part, the multilingual part really does. does yeah, work. or like people who speak who can speak Russian from Georgia, from Uzbekistan, from Belarus, like from different countries who who can speak Russian also. And and then how did you go from there to setting up your own law practice? Oh. <laughs> One day, um, I just, when it was a COVID time, yes, it was a COVID time. So I realized that um, it, I didn't have a lot of clients, clients at the time uh, because it was COVID, the court was, and our traffic bureau violation was closed like four months, I believe. And, but at that time, a lot of my friends or friends, like they called me regarding matrimonial matter, regarding divorces, because people, even during the COVID, you like to be- Right, sure, life goes on. (laughs) Yes, divorce. So they called me and said like, oh, but I cannot help you because I don't have my own practice and um, I work for another law office. I need to have um, insurance, malpractice insurance or something like that. Uh, and they said like just do this i said okay and then uh, and then like said okay tomorrow i will open my own law office and i prepare all papers like i register my cor- like um, professional corporation i prepare everything i buy malpractice insurance i um, set up everything so i said like okay it's good and it was like a few clients only but now i have a lot so just i need help even oh wow okay so if yeah. anybody's looking for a, for an internship or, or to work yeah but it was supposed to speak ukrainian because all my, almost all my clients are ukrainians and and uh, how has it been how do you like having your own practice uh yes i like it because uh it's flexible <laughs> because even um you can be on vacation and you can do your work if you need to speak with client by phone or on zoom or something like that and also uh, but it's more responsibility of course because uh, uh, when you work for another law office you can ask for advice you can ask for help but if you are on your own so you need to to read a lot you need to learn a lot every day if you are not sure you need to um just make sure that everything that you are everything is correct yes so that's why if you would like to be on your own you need to have connections with people who have expert experience or um, in this field <laughs> so of course and um um at this at the time um i would 
like now I'm a member of uh, also of Ukrainian American Bar Association. And we have this association for more than 40 years, I believe. And uh, we have a, lo a lot of um, attorneys there who have experience and uh, they are very open to help, like they would like to help. Oh, so sorry. yes, um, especially to uh, Ukrainians who just started law office or just a uh, young attorney or just need help. So that's why um, I can ask them for some advice or I can ask them if they had similar cases or something like that. So I'm happy that we have this association. In addition to the Ukraine Immigration Task Force, um, you had mentioned to me previously that you also volunteer with an organization called Razom for Ukraine, that I think means uh, united, no, together, together. Ukraine. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I'm I'm volunteering with this organization. It's like charity organization who help Ukraine, who help Ukraine right now, and who just gather money also for Ukrainian army, for Ukrainian displayed people, and also they help uh, Ukrainians who are there in New York. Um, who needs help? Uh, for example, this Sunday they organize a special event uh, for kids from who came to the united states from ukraine and they need to be prepared for school so they bought a lot of backpacks for kids and also some school supplies as they will distribute to these kids who just came from ukraine and they need to be prepared but because for school so it's just like uh, little things but i think it's very helpful for ukrainian that must be really intimidating going moving to the u.s suddenly because of yes people came to came to united to the united states just with one backpack sometimes if they were running from the war so it's so we need to help them um and are, are there any ways if, if listeners want to do something to support ukraine or ukrainians in some way do you have any suggestions for where they should Yes, Razum for Ukraine, they have a very good website, they have a lot of links that um, they can help financially or they can provide some help to Ukrainian people with uh, um, housing, for example, or food or just even for um, with school supplies, even if they want. And we have all the information of the website. Okay, that's really great to know and we'll, we'll put the, the link in the, in the show notes. Um, and then I wanted to ask you more generally, um, do you have any ad advice for for future LLM students or or maybe future Ukrainian LLM students um, on on studying law or on working in the U.S.? Um, yes. Um, so my advice is just don't be hesitate uh, and um, like learn um, law in the United States is very interesting <laughs> um, because when I'm comparing um, laws that I was uh, studying in Ukraine and one year they were studied here. So it was like uh, totally different um, experience for me. But it was hard, but it was very, very interesting. And, um, and also people here help um, with everything. So uh, regarding, regarding the legal uh, English, um you will learn <laughs> uh, because 
it's it's not so easy but it's manageable and uh, um sometimes my legal english is better than my english believe me because if you work in this field just your english is better legal english than your english when you speak english only with few people sometimes because at home i speak ukrainian all, all only so um my advice just um to be prepared of course you need to read uh like legal books sometimes and um also they can watch um few movies in in english uh, regarding uh, attorneys in new york for example or suits or another like right. uh, yes good, good movie um and it's very helpful because they will understand um legal english also and some like uh, legal atmosphere legal like community and they will um understand everything um well, the pop culture is helpful yes yes of course mm -hmm. you reminded me of when i um i once taught uh, english to a, a brazilian student who, who was a an airline pilot mm -hmm. and so he was trying to improve his english and his english was not very good at all but then when he would do the airline talk, you know, like, this is your pilot flying it, blah, 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 blah. Suddenly he was like fluent in just that, just the airline talk. And he's, you know, nothing else. It was really, it was so specific. Yeah, it's the same result. Like uh, our legal English sometimes is bad. <laughs> yeah. Because you're doing this every day and um, you know how to explain, you know everything. And sometimes it's very hard for me to explain how to cook a borscht. It's like Ukrainian soup, like red soup. <laughs> yeah, so that's why everyone is excellent in, in their, like, I believe, specific field. Right. Let me, let me ask you another question about studying in, coming from a, a, the Ukrainian um, university system, the ukrainian uh you know legal system with there's a civil code and coming over to the u.s and studying in a u.s style law school and and in a common law system was that a was that a challenge to to sort of adapt to that it was just a few days challenging because you're supposed to understand uh, what is like case law but then when you are starting reading cases it's very interesting because i think from facts it's better to understand law um then from just civil court when you are reading some like uh, very hard explanation <laughs> i think yeah for a lot of students coming from the civil code to the to the common law system of, of the u.s and, and u.s style federalism also is is kind of confusing and yeah it was confusing a little bit but then when you realize that you need to read this case and apply this law to and because it was precedent or something like that so you understand like of course uh, it's different system but i think um case law uh, is a little bit interesting <laughs> yeah you like reading the stories and yes of course because it's like from practice you know all these facts and you can apply this law to these facts and uh, it's and also is but uh, believe me, like for me like 
when I was a student, uh, the meaning reason reasonable, it was very confusing for me because but especially when I was preparing for the bar exam and it was some something like it's reasonable and for me it was not no, it's not reasonable for me. Yeah. So I said like maybe I need to to read more explanation about this reasonableness because um I was very confusing with this like re reasonable things. Like and it was a lot of like um, um like in a lot of rules there's the reasonable person standard yes reasonable person standard but it's like for me it's not reasonable but for you it's reasonable how it's like stand can be a standard right and it's really just a proxy it's a placeholder it, yeah. it really means there's something that's subjective but we're going to use language that makes it sound objective but it's not really objective it's still very Subjective. Yeah, of course, it's subjective. So it's it's confusing because we say it, it it makes it an objective standard, but it's really hiding the fact that the word. Yeah, it depends on the fact, of course. Subjective. Yeah. So um, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is like, for example, I I listened to a podcast called Ukraine Cast, which is by the BBC, which which is great at at uh, keeping me updated on what's going on in Ukraine and gives really good insights and perspectives, but. Sometimes it can be a bit much. What do you, for you, I imagine that must be a lot of the time. What, what do you do when it's, it's too much? How do you handle it? Yes, of course, for all Ukrainians now it's hard time. And, um, but for example, me, I just would like to be busy. And when I am busy, I'm working from um, 8 a.m. until even sometimes 11 p.m. So I don't have time even to to read all this uh, news and to understand all the situation. Uh, like I I know all news, believe me, but I just don't want to read uh, everything with all these details or the or watch all these very terrible videos because it's very hard for me. And just I would like to help people. Uh, and when I am busy, I am working. I am just provide some legal advice or just advice from my experience. So I know that I am helping people, and I know that we will win. And if everyone will help or will do some small things, Ukraine will win. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I know I know you're really busy these days. Um, uh, we'll include any relevant links from the episode in the show notes. Uh, I want to remind our listeners to subscribe to the U.S. Law Essentials podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you can also listen to all episodes on uslawessentials.com. Um, and if you have any questions, comments, reactions, ideas, etc., we always love hearing from our listeners. You can contact us by email at daniel at uslawessentials.com or through the U.S. Law Essentials Facebook group or LinkedIn group. Um, so thanks again. For, uh, so, so thanks again, Vitalia. Thank you for this invitation and have a nice day. And glory to Ukraine. And thanks to everybody for listening to the U.S. Law Essentials Law and Language podcast and to all the St. John's LLM students out there, as well as our other listeners. Stay essential. <laughs>